0: Oh, I see. Yeah, if I hit the table, that does that. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Good to know.
1: So I'll probably just stay right here. Cool. Um, I was bugging out a little bit earlier because I was doing a test, and it goes, Zzz,
0: and I go, not today, please. Studio, not today. studio problems are the worst. I, you know, I same thing. Um, you know, my studio at home for slow jams, and I'm not an engineer or anything. So you do I, it at your house? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So I, so I wish I brought pictures. I just moved, so, um, I'm building a new studio. Uh, okay. But yeah, I'm not. I've never been technically savvy. In fact, <laughs> one of my first uh, one of my first DJ gigs when I was I was only 15 years old, and my and I don't know if you want to save this for the podcast, but uh, yeah, we'll save it. Yeah, but yeah, the equipment <laughs> went way wrong, and I'm like, I don't know what to do, and everyone was throwing tomatoes. I mean, it was awful. Was it like a house party or something? No, it was it was a corporate party, man. It was like oh, it was state farm insurance.
1: That's the worst, man. Oh my god. Did I you just... like end up getting it together?
0: No. The whole party <laughs> was ruined. It was, oh, we, oh, can, we can save it for, the, we save it for okay, the podcast. Okay, okay. But check one, two, three, okay. four, five. How do the uh, how do the levels look over? Uh my... they're good. Okay. As long
1: as they're green. The only thing is uh if they go red then that's a little too high. But my homie that does the editing, he said he'd rather have it high than low. So
0: let me look at it then. Check, check, check. One, yeah, Yeah, those levels look really good. Yeah, you're on top right there. I'm on top. Cool. Yeah.
1: What's up, homies? Thank you for tuning back into episode number seven of Total Stereo Podcast, sponsored by Low Arizona. This episode is real, real special. I got to speak with a very special guest, a local legend of Tucson, Arizona, Mr. Randy Williams, a.k.a. R-Dub. Might have heard of the dude. He has a nationally syndicated radio program called Sunday Night Slow Jams that originated here in Tucson, which is real, real dope. And it's actually on seven days a week, I believe, on 97.5 The Vibe Radio here in Tucson. Uh, This podcast was real, real special. I got to record it at Chef Mateo's spot in Rolly's Mexican patio on South 12th Avenue. And yeah, there's a couple, there's a few gems in there, a lot of dope information, a few things I didn't even know myself. And it was dope, dope interview. I'm real grateful for him. Thank you, Mr. Williams R-Dub. I appreciate you. Episode number seven, Cholo Stereo. Check it out. Cool. So, what's up, homies? Thank you for tuning back into the Trollo Stereo Podcast. This is episode number seven. I am with a local legend, uh, the homie Randy Williams, a.k.a. You're probably going to know him as R-Dub. What's up, dude?
0: This is on location, by on the On location.
1: Rolly's Mexican patio. It smells
0: so good. It's going to be very Tucson. distracting. I know. Uh, <laughs> it smells amazing. <laughs> looks amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, this is no, there's no better place when you said, hey, where do you want to meet? I yeah. said, let's meet at a Mexican joint. You pick. Hell, so. yeah.
1: Here we are. It's funny because I uh, was scouring YouTube for like uh, videos and just kind of like old school stuff. That's how I stumbled on Ahem Mayhem because I never knew that was a thing. Sure. So uh, you did one with um, my other friend Shauna and she was with, I think she still works with Tucson Foodie. And you're like my top three yeah. BKs. I love Sharia uh-huh. and uh, EGs. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I absolutely. was like, yep, he's going to pick BKs <laughs> or EGs. And I was like, man, we could do both. But
0: It's my first time here at Rollies and it, it looks and yeah. smells beautiful. The, the, uh, the people are amazing. So after the podcast, yeah. we're going to eat. So yeah, I'm excited. Sure. So we're done with the podcast. Okay, thanks for having me by. Let's eat. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> for real. So, tell
1: everyone why you're in town, because you don't live here anymore. I don't know if everyone knows that, but you're in I, San Diego now. I love Tucson
0: so freaking much. How and, long have uh, you... You used to live here, of course. Many but. years. Tucson's my home. I wasn't born here, but... Uh, yeah, I you're in Cali, right? Chicago, actually. Oh, no way? Grew up, yeah, I grew up in okay. L.A., uh, lived in Florida for a couple of years, but I moved to Tucson when I was uh, 15 years old, and... Uh, we can talk about that in a second, but all my dreams yeah. came true. Like literally, literally, the summer that I moved to Tucson, all of my dreams come true. Came true. There's no place I love, and I'm, I'm, I'm not looking Miguel in the eye now because I'm just looking <laughs> no, at the good. mountains and the clouds and the trees, and yeah. it's so good to be here. Yeah. My senses are so awake. There's something magic about Tucson. But no, I've um, I've been out of Tucson for, I left in 05. Uh, uh, '05. Gosh, 05? Wow, kind of unbelievable. Is that fi- time flies, 15 huh? years. No, 15 years already. It's crazy. I moved, I moved yeah. to LA. I took a I took a gig in LA right before moving to Brazil. I was uh, I quit my job in Tucson at the radio station after ten years okay. with with Clear Channel, and I was going to move to Brazil. And I sold my car, rented my house, kissed my mom goodbye, got a place in Brazil. It was a huge dream for me, and uh, I was moving on a Tuesday, and the Friday before clear channel who i was working for called me and said hey do you want to be a program director in los angeles and i could not pass up that opportunity no i knew brazil would always be there. this job necessarily wouldn't so i said yes and i moved to la for a couple of years then brazil and now i live in san diego so i lived in san diego for nine years and And what'd you do in brazil same thing radio slow jams on the beach from my house Oh way dude it's like retired yeah that's amazing 32 years old so i had a a little apartment in brazil 20th floor top floor overlooking the ocean and I set up a studio there, which wow. in itself is a, another whole podcast, but I yeah. set up an entire studio and I would do my slow jam show live from Brazil. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was great. And uh, got got in the best shape of my life because I didn't own a car. So I walked everywhere yeah. and uh, the, man, the pounds came off. I, I, I ate right. Um, and uh, yeah, I went to the gym every day. I mean, it was kind of like I was retired. Yeah, um, but it was it was phenomenal. I had a great time. Yeah, that but sounds I'm, amazing. I missed I missed the U.S. a lot. I really did. Yeah. And uh, came back, and I'm working in San Diego right now, and been there for nine years. It's nice because it's close enough to Tucson. To answer yeah. your question that you asked ten minutes ago that I didn't answer, <laughs> I'm here because we're doing a Slow Jams concert tomorrow for night. Sure, actually. Slow yeah. Jams live. So, yep. Yeah. You excited about that? I'm thrilled. I'm I'm I'm, ex- I'm honestly I'm excited just to come back to Tucson for any reason. Any reason for me to come back to Tucson is exciting. But yeah, I'm yeah. excited for the show. I think it's going to be a really really good show. Some some favorites are going to yeah. be there. Yeah. You know, what's funny is uh, I attended, I don't even know if it was like an
1: actual Slow Jams event, but uh, it was at Gotham, and uh, next was the headliner. No, that was and a Slow Jams event. Yeah. Okay. That, that was, was it. Years ago, though. That was like 2002, 2003, maybe. I'll have to look it up online. We wasn't even 21 yet. Yeah. Because I had wow. to the girlfriend that I was dating at the time. Great time there. We went there. to Gotham. We are like jamming. <laughs> and now it's a bowling alley, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Which I heard is closing. Yeah.
0: Uh, don't quote me on that. I don't even know. A friend of mine said, hey, I man, don't really
1: venture up there much. But um, a yeah. friend, yeah,
0: fr- friend of mine told me Bedrocks is closing, so.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. they got another bowling alley that's uh, opening up at Park Mall. That's so what I heard. That's serious. Yeah. All kinds of changes, man. That's so what I heard. When's the last time you've been back? Oh, I come back often to see family. So I was back oh, okay. in December. Yeah, like December 12th, I think oh, okay, I yeah. So you're already kind of familiar with, like, all the downtown changes
0: and You stuff. know what's crazy, though, man, is, is Tucson changes for if you – if you and this is anywhere, if you stay anywhere, you, you know it changes little by little by little by little. But if you if you leave and then come back, yeah, you know a year later, oh my God, everything's changed. So right. down, none of this was your the downtown scene. Like what, um, you know, you wanted to go to a club back in the day when back when I lived here, it was you were going to Deviator. or you were going to Gotham or you were going to the Wildcat House. Right. So it's not. It's cool to see the downtown change. It's cool to see. It's weird to see all these like some of these chains come like Culver's and and yeah. uh, what else. Uh, there's a few of them that uh, came to Tucson. Like, wow. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, there's a lot of chains now. Uh, yeah. Over
1: on Irvington by uh, like Spectrum, there's a whole new like shopping center right there.
0: The only thing I care about is Waffle House and EGS <laughs> and give me some good Mexican food, right? So
1: that's cool. Oh, so I wanted to talk to you about the slow jams event. Um, was it, do you
0: do those every year here? You know, we did them for uh, 16 years in a row. The first slow jams was when I worked for KRQ, and it was at Gotham, and I think it was I think it was Casey and JoJo and Divine and uh, Uncle Sam. Wow, uh, I could be getting I could be mixing that up. But we did 16 years, and we didn't skip a year until, man, I think we skipped 2015. We had one in 2016, but we haven't done one of these shows for three years. Okay, uh, concert business has gotten tough. Um, are people just not heading out to shows? anymore? No, you know what it is. Here, here's actually here's a here's a man. Here's a fun fact, man. <laughs> so we used to be one of I will never say the first, but we used to be. There used to be only a few concert producers bringing these '90s slow jam artists, yeah, to to, to for, for concerts for shows. So just a quick like little economics. I'll school some people on economics. Do so it. in like the early 2000s, right? We would bring um, Babyface. We would bring i'll be sure we would bring joe to see we could get them at a a reasonable rate so now we can't because all the people like you and me that and you're younger than me but all the people my age in our 40s that listen to these artists Mm -hmm. now are all the demo for casinos so now all these indian casinos indian gaming casinos are bringing people like johnny gill and boys to men yeah here's what but here's what's happening they don't need to make any money on the show. They just, when casinos bring ar- an artist like say Boys to Men, they don't need to make money on the concert. They make money by getting those people out there to play their slots and play their table games. Exactly. So what happens is you've got casinos paying Boys to Men three or four or five times, than, not to say that they're worth, but right. they'll, they'll never make money on the show. So uh-huh. someone like you know the producers that I work that brings brings Slow Jam's concert Boys to Men is now priced. Out of the market. I hope I'm not boring people with 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 economic stuff here. But now you try to get boys to men. Five, ten years ago, they were fifteen thousand dollars, twenty thousand. Now they're charging you a know, hundred thousand dollars to do a show. <laughs> no. you, you just can't you can't make that money back. Yeah. So anyway, so the so the concert business has been tough because of that. But hey, you know what? As long as people are going out to see music, if they, you know, what? if someone's coming to Casino del Sol or Desert Diamond, as long as the music stays alive, that's that's fine with me. I, I, I never I never yeah. start I never did it for the money. Hopefully, we'll have a really good show tomorrow. Yeah, because you've been doing it for a minute, man. A couple of minutes here. You're pretty much, to my knowledge, the
1: only one that is kicking slow jams, like still pumping it, like slow jams, every year, every time. Of course, you have your own show. A lot of people here remember you, like slow jams, R-dub. Are you trying to be R-dub during a slow jam event? Like last week I had, or uh, two weeks ago, I had a slow jam event where we played oldies. And we did play some more recent slow jams, like 70s, 80s, 90s. And uh, it was with my homie um, Terry. He goes by DJ Fatsoul in town. I know Fatsoul. You don't have to tell me who
0: that is. He's oh, my okay. man. I love That's him. what's up. Yeah, yeah,
1: dude. He's a great dude. Um, yeah. So it was at uh, Thunder Canyon Brewery, which is owned by another one of my homies, a uh, good dude named James. He goes by Runt. He's in a hip hop group called the Giant Scientist. Real dope. Excellent. And uh, yeah, it was cool. And people, they really gravitated to it. And they're like, N- you know, nobody re- like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because I love Soul Gems. Like, I love That's the great. oldies. And I don't know. I feel like it's just like something, if you love it, you love it. If you don't, it's just kind of like whatever. But me doing this and like, uh, because Cholo Stereo is kind of just kind of my podcast for my bigger brand, which is Lower Arizona, which is more like hip hop. And uh, I say, I call it hip hop and the movement, the movimiento, which is kind of like political things kind of happening locally around town. And uh, so this is kind of like what, I don't know, it's real interesting to have you here. And like, I really want to thank you for coming down and talking to me.
0: Look, man, talking about slow jams and traveling, I could do that. Should I should be paying you at the end of this podcast. <laughs> you know, yeah. but you said something, though, about, you know, the music. Look, the music doesn't belong to anybody, right? Music right. Is, is music is everybody's to share. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of amazing slow jam pioneers way before me. I'm lucky. I'm so fortunate and lucky to be able to call this my job. So, yeah. um, you know, no, man, look, when... I, people do slow jam shows and oldie shows and I, I just love the music so yeah. I, I appreciate people who appreciate the music and who spread the music and we've yeah. got to teach these youngsters you know the sad, the sad thing about the, the genre of slow jams in particular mm-hmm. is there's it's not the current slow jams out today they, they, they really don't exist there's a few but in the 90s a huge part of current radio there were so many slow jams in the 2000s and 2020s now jeez you know, <laughs> you listen to the hip hop stations. There yeah. may be one or two slow jams that drop. There may be a Frank Ocean, right. or um, who else? Um, Iko or um, I mean, I Drake's mean, a huge one, but he also a, the, he also raps. Yeah. Too, so, but. but there's very few and far between. A John right. Legend, and then there's like John this Legend. big gap where in the '90s, at any given time, a, a station's playlist would have 15, 20. Even the pop stations would be yeah. played. Boys to Men, and. Yeah. Um, It's almost like you don't
1: even hear slow jams if you're not listening to your show. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's crazy to me. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, it's 2020 now and things are a little bit different, but I just wonder how that genre is like still kind of existing. But like you said, those other artists, they're still making it. But as far as like back in the day, you did hear slow
0: jams all the time. All the time. But I think it's like oldies. Oldies are timeless, right? Timeless. You know, whether it's Sleepwalk or Angel Baby or Ralphie Pagan or... I could go on, but that music, it's not made anymore, but it's t- it's still timeless. Yeah, there's and still a whole subculture of people. I mean, especially in the Ch- yeah.
1: Chicano community, we're like, dude, play oldies. Absolutely. I just recently got married at my house. And we a little. Thank you. We did a backyard wedding. That's all I played, and people were just like loving the vibe. I was like going around saying thank you to everyone, serving wine, and everyone was just feeling the music. I could I could tell because everyone was just happy. Timeless. Yeah. I, you know, uh, a song comes on and they're like, oh man, this one, you know, this is timeless music. I was hanging out with Art LeBeau
0: last... I saw that. Last Saturday, I think it was, two, two Saturdays ago, yeah. and uh, he's 94 years old. That's unbelievable. And uh, this guy was there when that music <laughs> came out. I know, man.
1: Incredible. So. I know. So, funny that you say Art LeBeau. I think once he is not around anymore but i mean i love art lebeau but we all know as people get old they pass do you feel like you're gonna get that
0: that uh torch handed down to you no um (laughs) no i I mean because look he we've talked about it and i don't think you've talked about it with him yeah a little bit like our people have talked to his people hey so what's going on i think there could never be another art they just can't. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, he's his own person, and I'm my own person. And yeah. uh, you know, I've I've taken certain elements of what he does, and 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 other people as well. I mean, you know, growing up in radio, a lot of DJs, including myself, you take a little bit from from each person. Yeah. I mean, maybe some people copy other people 100%. But I I take a little bit from the things I love about different DJs. And one thing Art did that I really loved on Sundays is he had this network of radio stations and people. I was hearing listeners. Dedicate from city to city and state to state, and I thought that was—I thought that was very important, and 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 of what he does, one of the just coolest things. But anyway, to answer your question, um, yeah, no, look, there's going to be, there's, there's never going to be another Art LeBeau. Um, this will be. a Exclusive for your podcast, if you want to hear the the backstory of me and Art Laboe, we hated each other back in the day. Are you serious? Oh man, he hated me. I hated him. like
1: radio business or just total, kinda like total radio business, Youngster like total radio business. Oh, that's funny.
0: Before I tell you that story, <laughs> if <laughs> you'd like to hear it, um, no. So no, you know, man, Art's ninety four. What an incredible legacy he has, and uh, uh, I hope we have him uh, have him another twenty years. Um, but um, you know, when that day comes, I don't know. Um, I, you know, we're, again, I'm doing my own thing, you know, yeah. we're, 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 we're going to hit 200 radio stations. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm actually on most of the, I think art's on in 14 cities, you know, West coast. And, uh, I think I'm on in most of the cities he's on. So it's not like, right. okay, Art LeBeau retires and you take all the stations. Like I'm, I'm honestly, <laughs> I'm honestly like, you know, pretty, pretty much except for Los Angeles. I'm on in all of the markets. We share a lot of markets and, yeah. and some places we're, we're both on the same radio station. So in Phoenix, for yeah. example, he's on our radio station in Phoenix and then I, I come on after him. So I'm just glad to see him every day or, or every day that I see him. I'm just, it's a blessing and yeah. uh, I'm just glad we, we became friends and patched things up. And that's cool. Probably how does. long, how long did it take for you guys to like squash that beef? Well, you want to hear how the beef started? Sure. Because that's a great story. Yeah. I've never told this publicly. Are you serious? So maybe, hopefully, this, yeah. your podcast is, already has a lot of followers, but maybe it'll go viral. <laughs> Not really, but <laughs> go ahead. So this is some Tucson history. Hell yeah. Uh, in the 90s, so... When did you graduate? When year did you, I'm putting you on the spot. When no, did you good. graduate
1: high school? So 2001, and okay. I'm 37 now. So we're
0: not, far, we're not too far apart. I graduated in 95. Okay. The station now that is that I don't work for, the station now that is called Hot 98. Hot 983, right. back in the day they were, if you remember, they were a bilingual station that played It's music in old school. Yep. They were one of a kind, man. Looking back. You heard tohono and Old school and hip-hop. And yeah, and lo- oldies. Looking back, what a jewel that station was. So let me just take everybody back, if they want to reminisce, since we're talking about oldies. Um, I remember first listening to to Hot 98 FM in the 90s in high school, and I discovered it by accident, and I was working for Power 1490 at the time, but I was cruising in my Cutlass and I turned on 98.3, and here's Melissa Santa Cruz and Chavala Loco and Kid Corona and Manic Hispanic, these dynamic personalities. They're playing this music that I don't really understand a lot of it, but I understand some of it. Tejano, David Lee Garza, Los Tigres, then they play Atomic Dog, Coolio. What is this? What a cool station this is. And then Art Lavon on Sunday nights. Um, I ended up working over there uh, after Power 1490 changed formats, which was very sad. But I ended up taking a job at, at, uh, at Hot 98 FM. And I believe I was one of the first non-Spanish uh, non, uh, speakers over there. And I was 18 years old at, th- at the time. Wow. We were broadcasting out of a... A horrible little shack on El puente Lane, which isn't isn't even around anymore they put the freeway over it, but it was yeah
1: I heard that place was late like, it was near twenty nine people couldn't was, even find it
0: man there were people buried in the bushes back there and stabbings it was it was hood oh shit you, the, the, the little alley you had to drive there you know you if a car was coming you couldn't come because there was only one lane oh, wow it was so hood. and I came from power 1490 which which was owned by a big broadcast company so we were you know we were over there on Country Club a three story building and you know, it was professional. Was and it Broadway, Broadway and Country Club? No, it was uh, Country Club and Prince, kind oh, of. Okay. Yeah. It was near... Uh, uh, it was owned by uh, the same company that owned Mix FM. So, Mix Mix oh, okay. FM and uh, 104.1 The Point. So, this was like a real broadcast company, like professional. And I went to Hot, and it was like in the hood, this yeah. little Adobe building. There were no formatics. We had no budget. But it let me tell you, man, it was one of the, f- the most fun times of my life. And I was one of the first non-Spanish speakers and everyone there was so amazing and they took me in as one of their own and they taught me things and I was going to areas of town I've never been in and going places like the Sagebrush Cantina oh, and man. I was learning stuff. I mean, I was learning. That's old school right there too. But I was learning stuff and JBJ, Jesus Bernal, was, was teaching me Spanish and I remember I was so embarrassed. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I can't say anything Spanish. He's like, come on, Erdub. Just practice. Say, say, <laughs> give a shout out to the, to the gente. Just say the gente. I'm like, the gente is like, that's it. So, I mean, I won't go too far I, out in left field, but it was an yeah. amazing time to be in radio, yeah. and we had so much love. Tucson, especially the South Side, loved the station Hot 98 FM. Yeah. Anyway, it's owned, it was owned by a, 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 a broadcaster, a one guy named Frank Lazarus. Frank Lazarus sells the station to Art LeBeau. Wow. So Art LeBeau buys Hot 98 FM and our sister station, Tahano 1600. And so Art LeBeau is the new owner, so everybody's excited. Art LeBeau is our boss. Art LeBeau owns the station. I'm just coming up in my career. I'm doing middays, and I'm like the assistant music director. I have these great desires to be the program director or the music director. I'm trying to grow in my career. I was very, very motivated at a young age. And, um, you know, I had my ideas. I just got done working with Bruce St. James, who was the program director of Power 1490. Who Bruce went on to Power 106 in L.A. I mean, this dude was brilliant. And then i came to hot 98 fm with all these ideas and art was just not having it and in hindsight i was 18 19 i was i was immature i was a know-it-all um art wanted to do it his art wanted to do art label radio and i wanted to make it this hip-hop station right? right i wanted to make it like power 106 here we have a chance to make an fm station in tucson remember at that time 1995 there was no streaming there was no downloads there was no nothing if you okay. wanted hip-hop you either had to go buy the cd or you ha- you hopefully would have a radio station that played hip hop. Yeah, came from a station called Power 1490. We were an AM station. We were kicking ass in Tucson playing hip hop music. Oh, yeah, why the hell wouldn't an FM station take that format and run with it? We would have we would have made we would have been so large. So anyway, now it's all coming back to me, and it's, I'm remembering now why I was so fired up. <laughs> so I was a kid, saying... Hey, we should be playing Coolio. We should be playing Warren G. We should be playing all this hip-hop music. And Art LeBeau wanted to do Art LeBeau radio. He wanted to play oldies. And, and in hindsight, you know, it was his radio station. He could do what he wanted with it. Who am I to tell him what to do? But as a kid, you're like, I know the right way. And, and I still think that would have been the right thing to do. Right. But still, it's, it's Art LeBeau. It's his station. If I bought a station and some teenager's trying to tell me what to do with my station that I just paid $6 million for, screw you. you wow. know I get lost. Yeah. So I think that's what Art... Really thought of me, and I remember he just didn't like me. I remember calling him once to apologize. because I'm like, oh man, I better apologize to Art LeBeau. And I was 18. I remember calling him, Mr. LeBeau, it's Art Dub. And hey, you know, we got off on the wrong foot. I just want to say, uh, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so excited to work with you. He was so mean. He was like, look here, you little shit. <laughs> and uh, he basically. No, I don't. I'm not gonna say he didn't accept my apology, but he still he wasn't very nice. Hanging <laughs> yeah. up on me, I hated him after that. Like, man, here I am, you know. You like forget this, dude. Then. Trying to bring the olive branch. So, uh, yeah. so uh, a friend of mine, Key Corona, and myself plotted to take 98 down, and we went across the street, and we um, never before said, by the way, in public. So this is all all exclusive. So we went to another radio station. Which was 97.5 at the time, believe it or not. They were a country station, and they, yeah. were, they had a single owner, Tom Hasse. That. Dude, we bum-rushed Tom Hasse's office one afternoon. We called sick. We both called sick out of work. We were both working for Art LeBeau, and we both called out sick, and we bum-rushed the offices of 97.5 with easels and charts and pointers, and we bum-rushed this. this Tom Hasse was like Art LeBeau's age. Tom Hasse was in the 70s. He was the owner. And we go into Tom Hasse's office, and we're like, hey, we have an idea. And he was like, ready to call the cops, ready to call security. <laughs> and we're like, please, 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 just give us two minutes. This is out of a movie. He's like, all right, you got two minutes, you little bastards, what do you want? You know, what, what are you trying to sell me? And we start selling him on this rhythmic, this rhythm hip hop format. And we start showing him these charts of like, look, here's Fresno and here's Albuquerque and here's Bakersfield. Here are Riverside, Oxnard. Here are all these markets that have hip hop stations and they're all number one. And Tucson does not have a hip hop station. Yo, you're in 20th place doing country trying to compete against Kim FM. Can we make it Power 975? And by the end of the day he was shaking our hands saying, "I like you guys. You guys are handsome devils." Yes, let's let's do this. <laughs> and uh, and and he we changed the radio station to Power 975. you just bummer such a very short-lived. That's amazing. But dude. it was a hip-hop station and we took we took Hot 983 down and uh, wow, dude. we talked we talked shit about him on the air. <laughs> and so Art hated me, man. And he just he really 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 hated me. And I didn't like him either. And um, yeah. You know, again, I was a teenager then. Uh, many years later, I ended up going to Los Angeles to run the radio station there and he didn 't work for me, but his show was on my station in Los Angeles so right. I think he kind of wanted to be nice to me and I wanted to be nice to him too yeah and I went to a studio and you know we didn't we, we crushed it man we, we, we shook hands yeah. and had a nice time and over the years i 've my respect for him has grown i and, bet you know yeah. look you can never deny what he's what he is to the yeah, he's a legend to, he's a man dude is a living legend and living and, legend, and yeah. i respect him so much and i see the way his fans are with you know his fans span so many generations i've got nothing but respect and love for him and you know uh we actually gave him a lifetime achievement award last year from our radio station on stage uh love the guy to death you know look man everybody has their moments I, I'm sure I heard people's feelings back in the day, and yeah. if I did, I apologize for that. But yeah, it's first told on your podcast. Yeah, thanks nope. for that story. Man. That's amazing.
1: Nobody dude. else knows that. That just kind of shows like how much like heart you have for this music. You know what I mean? At a young age, and at 1995, oh, yeah. when hip hop was amazing. Like, yeah, everybody that goes to like the clubs and shit, like you hear, it. they're like, "Damn, what are they gonna like play some old school?" Which of is like, you know. almost 25 years ago now. Right. But, dude, when that music comes on, people are still like, fuck yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's just crazy, crazy time right now for hip-hop because there's so much new and it's so much different from the old shit. Yeah. But, I mean, there's some good stuff. Don't get me wrong. And we do need kind of the trash (laughs) to, like separate from the good right but is there anything that you're listening to right now that you kind of like or I, anything that's I, I, new
0: i feel like i've let the hip-hop format down because i really honestly haven't listened to hip-hop yeah for a long time um i mean considering how much has changed i don't blame you i you know for me for me man i am and i tell people this: like I, for me i'm stuck in 1992 i really am and yeah. even even for r&b again that's that's my that's my deal to, to yeah. work through but the, for me, man, the years nineteen eighty-seven to 92, 93, they yeah. were just so good. When the Chronic came out, which is a masterpiece, but I was never into gangster rap. I like fun rap. I like Kwame. Although I did, although I, I do love Second and None and Kid Frost, some of my favorite records. Oh, yeah. But yeah. for the most part, I loved, I loved De La Soul. I loved a Tribe Call Quest before anybody even heard of them. Kids in school would make fun of me <laughs> because I liked a Tribe Called Quest, and they liked Guns N' Roses or they liked NWA or yeah. or, or, or Young MC. Vanilla Ice, my friend. I joke. I joke with my friend Jarvis, uh-huh. black dude. He loved Vanilla Ice growing up as a kid. I hated Vanillas. I liked the Trap Cold Quest. So we joke with each other. That's funny. And I'm like, yo, yeah, man. <laughs> they used to make fun of me because they've never heard of Trap Cold Quest. And like, yeah. just, but anyway, my point is, um, you know, I'm, man, I'm, st- I'm stuck in the 90s, dude. I try yeah. to, like, learn and appreciate newer music. And there's some music There's, there's out some stuff like. out there, but it's just, like, more underground, you know? You kind of have to know where to live. Absolutely. 100%. I yeah. will tell you, I don't... I have no problem saying it. I don't like the hip hop that's out on the radio these days. Yeah. I really, really don't. Um, uh, and you're talking more mumble, like rap. I, yeah, I like mumble rap radio. Yeah, I don't like mumble rap. I rap. don't. Li- I just don't like it. Man, it's awful. Yeah. There's a huge kind of like
1: uh, separation as far as. <laughs> People, I, you know, just like you. We're I knew- just like, you know what? I'm not with the mumble shit. Like Yeah. And it's funny because people are like, you know, music's just changing. When you were young, you know, your parents didn't like your shit either, so you gotta open your mouth. Yeah. And it's just like ah, it's a lot different, homie. Like yeah. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Yeah. That this shit right now isn't from nineteen ninety to you know, ninety eight, two thousand, yeah. earliest two thousand. Yeah,
0: which was dope. I don't know. Well, the fact the fact don't feel bad is I'm what not, I'm trying to tell you. I'm not an expert on <laughs> I'm not an expert in hip hop at all. But if a song and I really sound like my parents now, but if a song, the hip hop song doesn't have a melody or tell a story for me, then something's missing. Yeah. You know, when you go to the roots of hip hop or the hip hop that I really liked in in the, in the early '90s, and again, music is subjective. Yeah. But it did a couple of things. It told it told a story. First of all, tell me a story about something. You know. Um, and even 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 back in the day, you know, there used, there used to be hip hop that told stories, or there used to be LL just bragging. I actually like stories, Big old Butt. Uh, I give you an example. I like going back to Cali and Big old Butt better than I'm bad. I'm bad is just bragging about I'm bad, the baddest yeah. MC. I actually never liked bragging records. I just never did. Okay, you're the baddest MC. You got a bigger penis, whatever. <laughs> I always loved hip hop that told a story, which is why I loved a tribe called Quest. For sure, my first my first. Um, uh, exposure to hip hop was purely by accident. I was 13 years old, getting ready for school and I turned on MTV by accident. And this they, these, these four dudes were telling the story about taking their grandmother's dodged art from Brooklyn to El Segundo and meeting this girl. At a restaurant and leaving their wallet behind, I'm like, dude, what is this? Is it? This, this is hip hop. I didn't know this was hip hop. I thought hip hop was that is hip-hop. gangster stuff, and that was hip hop. And that blew the lid off my heart to love hip hop. Yep. It was game over. And then I dove into it, brand newbie, and De La Soul, um, KMD. I went deep. I I went deep, man. KMD, Chill Rob G. Um, anyway, man, you get me excited. I love that stuff, man. <laughs> I love that stuff. Um, well, maybe if you come back to
1: Tucson, my homie Herm, you know DJ Herm. I don't think so. Okay, he's real huge locally. Okay, uh, great dude, good friend of mine. He does an event every now and then called Tribe Vibes, and it's basically a whole show wow. dedicated to Tribe called Quest. I'm in. And there's this really dope part in the show which he has called Rap Hands, and basically what he does is put on a track. It's like say Me Against You, and you're kind of like um, lip lip singing, rapping, but the moral of the the thing of the game is to like. Who has the best moves, or like doing this and that? Okay, and just, you All know, right. kind of like the old school '90s videos. Sure. So it's called rap hands, and they fail at that. I don't know
0: <laughs> if I have the coordination for that. So but I'll freestyle. When
1: the next one comes up,
0: I'll let you know, and maybe if you come down To Tucson, you can, you can check it out. Please, please let me know. I would. It's dope. I would love to. There's, uh, there's actually a compilation. I don't know if it was licensed or if it was just put out bootleg but it was called tribe vibes and it's Mm -hmm. a it's like a three or four disc compilation of all the music that tribe called quest sampled it's the originals yeah you put it on you're like oh whoa that's where they got benita applebaum and that's where they got award tour oh yeah uh quick story in radio i've been fortunate enough to meet my idols Albie Shore, chucky booker uh keith sweat Boys to man i've been so lucky to meet all of these guys and really, like, hang with them. Yeah. I ne- I've i never got to meet a tribe called Quest. And I met De La Soul in the 90s, and it was like <laughs> my best day ever. But I wanted to meet tribe called Quest. I've never got a chance to. You know, they don't, it's weird, man. They don't tour a lot. You know, they, right. they do a lot of stuff on the East Coast, or they do like Lollapalooza. They do something huge. But they yeah. it's not like they're performing a deviate, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I was at a, a Raphael Sadiq event a couple of months ago in, I think it was in, is it in Compton or, or, or South, La- somewhere in LA? Somewhere in LA, this this South Central neighborhood that was it was this cool coffee shop. It was this neighborhood that was like coming up. Wow he and was I'm, doing a show. I'm just try- I'm just trying to set the scene. It was an album release party for oh. for VIPs for for radio people and record labels. Wow. And so we show up, we show up, and it's it's Raphael Sadiq is going to show up, and they're just going to play his album, going to have some drinks, and go home, and that's it. It was just like hipster coffee joint, but invite only. I'm hanging with people. I'm getting it introduced. It's like a mixer, right? It's probably hundred people there. I see a dude at the table, and I'm like, God, that dude looks familiar. And like, He kind of looked at me a couple of times. Like, God, that dude looks so familiar. I didn't think anything of it. All of a sudden, Raphael Sadiq shows up, and it's chill. It's not like a concert. It's, it's all industry people. So people aren't freaking out. Like, oh, my God. It's, it's all people in the industry. And so the record label, James from Columbia Records, like, Ardab, come on. Let me introduce you. <laughs> and he introduces me to Raphael Sadiq. And I shook his hand. I'm like, man, I'm a huge fan. And you know, ever since I was a kid, and I was, telling, I was nerding out. I was telling him about all these remixes I have. And then he starts telling me a story. He's like, oh yeah, I wrote this with with, with with Ali Shahid. And he points at the dude that I was looking at earlier. And in my head, I said, What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> I'm sorry. And everything just like everything just stopped slow motion. And everything he said after that I didn't even pay attention to. And after he stopped talking, because I didn't want to be rude. Right. I said, I'm sorry. You wrote that with who? He's like, you know, Ali Shahid Muhammad from he's from a trap called quest. I'm like, I know who that is. I go, Is that him? Oh well, yeah, that's him over at the table. Oh my God. Well, Mr. Sadiq, it's great meeting you. I'll see you later. <laughs> and I went, I went over. It wasn't that quite that quick, but yeah. I went over. Dude was chilling by himself. Wow. And I came up and I just ultimate fanboy, just like poured my heart out. Right. I'm like, dude, I made a tribe Called quest ping pong paddle in 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 a wood shop in eighth grade. He's like, I leave. Was like, yo, send me pictures of that. I'm like, I will. And uh, it was one of the coolest things ever. I would have been horrified if I would have left that night and then later found out that he was there and I never yeah. got a chance to meet him. Did you so. end up sending that pic? I did. He actually, he sent me his cell phone and his email address like dope and I would wow. never abuse that. So like a week later I emailed the pics. I didn't hear back from him. So I'm like, all right. I texted him like a month later. I'm like, hey man, get the pics. <laughs> I still did not hear back from him. So yeah. I don't know. But um, I wasn't trying to fanboy out, but yeah. um, you know, since, since, you're, since a lot of the stuff you talk about is hip hop. I just I found I find it really interesting. I don't look down on people who have liked Tribe Called Quest in later life, right. but I find it interesting that when their current stuff was like they blew up so big years after their stuff was released. You see what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Like man, like they blew up in the mass appeal. Like white kids are wearing Tribe Called Quest t-shirts to Coachella and stuff. Like yeah. like if back in the day they had that merch when their stuff was coming out dude I would have bought it all they, they didn't have merch back then yeah. when Bonita Applebaum came out and, and Can I Kick It and like they were they were an, they were playing on MTV Raps but they were still an obscure underground group I couldn't find anybody who even heard of these guys, like I yeah. said. And then it's funny. Then in the 2000s, maybe late 90s, that's when they just the, – the hipsters, the hipsters found them. <laughs> and then they're, they're cool, which is fine with me. Like I said, man, look, yeah. music doesn't belong to anybody. But right. I'm, pr- I'm proud that I was one of the original lovers of A Tribe Called Quest. And I, I don't say I discover a lot of things, but I was one of the kids who discovered yeah. them at 13 years old. That's so, dope, man. Yeah. So I got to meet Q-Tip and, you know, Fife Dog moved on, which is really sad. But I got to meet Jerobi yeah. and Q-Tip. Yeah. So, yeah. How about, uh, Jay Dilla? You love Jay Dilla? Producer? Mm -hmm. He produced a lot of. How do I not know this man? Oh my goodness! I do, which did he yeah. produce? Their later stuff or no? Uh, well, because okay. trust me, I'm he's the guy produced who produced a lot of music for a lot of bands. I feel like a dick now. <laughs> I I'm the guy that I would opened up. I opened up the jackets of a Tribe Called Quest albums and would read intently who wrote what, who wrote this. So I know the name. Well, he it. goes by James Yancey, but well, his, there you his go. Yeah, his hip hop name is, yeah, okay. name is J. He J. Just L. schooled L. me, man, in front of everybody. Yeah. Well,
1: R. I. P. Took he, all my cool points yeah, away. He's also a past. Damn. Yeah. Uh, but we do. I do uh, um, a show called Tucson Loves Dilla with uh, okay. two of my other homies, DJ Homies, DJ Bonus, and uh, DJ Rock. And same same location, Thunder Canyon Brewery. And uh, we do kind of we play his videos on the top, and everyone plays like all the remixes he's done. Dope. All they right. play his good stuff. Yeah, it's just a good party. Just kind of, and they have those shows all over the nation. It's in February. Well, it's, I know the
0: name Yanti, so that was yeah. I mean, yeah. That was it? Um, wow. I'll yeah. I i even I'll go to that, too. That sounds phenomenal. I um, No, I even contacted recently the guy who, and I can't remember his name, the guy who directed the video of I Left My Wallet in El Segundo. This sounds so nerdy. This is the nerdy things that I do. I'm trying to find the – do you remember the video to I Left My Wallet in El Segundo? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm trying to find the restaurant that they went to where he left his wallet. And right. when I interviewed Q-Tip on the year, 10 or 15 years ago, that's what I ask him. I go, dude, where's that restaurant at? He goes, yo, yeah, that was outside of Vegas. So that was actually in Nevada. It's funny because they, they have this, this, this town called El Segundo. It's nothing like El Segundo. El Segundo's in the L.A. suburb. El yeah. Segundo's near the airport. Mm-hmm. But they show El Segundo. Obviously, they wanted a fun name. But they show El Segundo looking like Alamogordo, New Mexico, you know? Yeah. But El Segundo was actually filmed in the deserts of, of Nevada. So Wow, that's wild. I want to find that restaurant. I never knew that. That's so a... I'm going to leave my wallet there just <laughs> just, just ceremoniously.
1: Yeah, that would be dope. So. So speaking of, you remember when you said uh, kids kind of make fun of you or whatever or whatnot for whatever music that you're going yeah. to? What's, what school was that? Because you went to school here, right?
0: At that at that time, it was it, I was in Florida. I moved to, oh, okay. I moved to Florida at 13. I you were in Tucson then. 13 years old. So yeah, okay. I moved to Florida at 13, and that's actually the exact time I discovered urban music. I discovered slow jams and hip-hop pretty much that exact time. And, um, and it was funny because I was into the real urban music. You know, and that was a time, too, when, especially with R&B, the music really wasn't hadn't crossed over so like you had an ur- you had urban stations and you had pop stations you had no really yeah. no in between so i was listening to the urban stations you know one of my first concerts i went to was Labert and the ojs and the rude boys and the other one was bbd now they were crossovers but bbd and keith sweat and johnny gill um so yeah like my friends were into like the big mass appeal again they listened to right. guns and roses and poison and that extreme was and they were huge rock set and I didn't want to have anything to do with that.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> so speaking on another kind of genre of music subculture, you are I know good friends with uh, ODM, right? Lighter of Brown.
0: I like to say good friends. I think so. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Definitely, definitely friends. Um, I've seen pics of you guys and like yeah. YouTube and like I don't know. I you guys a, go back too, right? I love a Lighter shade of Brown. So yeah, yeah. So so my Lighter shade of Brown story is and and for those if they don't know who ODM is, one dope Mexican. Right. He's he's half or part of light of Shaded brown DWTX double tx was his was right. his uh his r.i.p. r.i.p. d double tx um no i here's a funny story i moved from los angeles i grew up in la almost my whole life and when you're a kid you don't realize that west coast is different than east coast you just don't realize that you think everything's the same you you think wherever you grew up the whole world is like you know that's being ignorant when you don't know <laughs> yeah and i moved to florida at 13 years old and i absolutely hated it and um i missed the west coast so much i didn't realize that Cultures are different in different places of the U.S. Oh, yeah. I really miss the L.A. culture You went so... from, like, Latinos down in Florida to, like, hardcore Chicanos. <laughs> I, no, you know what it was is I went from in L.A. because I moved from L.A. to Florida. I, I, I went, oh, okay. So yeah, so I grew up in L.A. It was reverse. Yeah. I went from, from Latinos and, and just the whole West Coast vibe to these country freaking bumpkins in central florida i was not in miami i was not like in the freestyle scene you know dancing oh, with these hot good. columbia women i was in <laughs> Cowtown, kissimmee florida oh, and it wow. sucked man and, and i had great memories there and i, I met many great people but i at this, as a 13 year old i hated it so to give you an idea of, of kissimmee florida in 1990 i arrived to school my first day of school and i said the word hell in class and i got in trouble and the whole school got quiet and 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 so they considered a word like hell a bad word there was a dress code i came from a school that was kind of reminding you of like stand and deliver type of school like la unified school district like yeah. kind of anything goes like look they 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 they're trying to they're trying to just like keep 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 Track of the gangs and making sure people aren't you know that's when like gang culture was like everywhere and even in school yeah and i'm not saying it's good but that's the way it was then i go to this florida and they have dress codes like a dress code what is that and they're like oh yeah you can't show your shoulders i'm reading the handbook i'm like what they measure the the length of your shorts or your skirt girl's skirts like your your shirt can't be longer than your fingertips i wore a shirt yeah yeah (laughs) fingertips that's exactly it i wore a t-shirt once it had a little corona logo on it they made me Put a piece of paper over them. What, what kind of country bumpkins are you? So I hated, hated Florida. How do we get into the subject? What was the question I was going to See, now you you've oh, got Oh, because me. I said you went from uh, oh, one kind of yes. like Latino uh, demographic to another. So Orlando, Florida was interesting because the, de- the, the demo was two types of people. It was a weird – man, it was the weirdest thing. Two types of people. These country hicks – and I say that lovingly. I'm not, I don't mean to, I'm not saying that as a dick, but these country cowboy hicks, that different kind of rodeo. But they had rodeo days there. Okay. You know these these you know third fourth generation. They they chew, chew tobacco and and you know their parents owned farmland, and Puerto Ricans there via new york so it was the and some black folks too so it was really weird man three types of and and they all segregated they all segregated so you had maybe they hung out a little bit maybe i'm being over dramatic but they're very different people you had so you had hicks you had some black folks and you had these new york these these puerto ricans via new york yeah and there were things i didn't like about all three of those groups let me tell you that (laughs) but i also made some really good friends there right right Um, but that being said um, I missed the West Coast culture. And I didn't even, at the time, I didn't even realize that it was a culture until I moved to Florida. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not like that here. So, my whole right. reason I'm telling you this is Lighter Shade of Brown dropped their song on a Sunday afternoon while I was in uh, Florida. And they actually, believe it or not, played it on the radio in Florida just a couple of times. It wasn't, oh, bi- wow. wasn't a big hit in Florida, I assure you. But I remember saying, oh, my God, that's that sounds like my friends and my the people in L.A. That yeah. sounds like the hentai in, well, right? in L.A., right? Yeah. And I remember running out and getting the cassette single and looking at the artwork. And the yeah, they don't dress or, or or talk like that in Florida. So I remember having such... A huge attachment to Lighter Shaded Brown, and I, of course, I went to school and told everyone about Lighter Shaded Brown. Yeah, they're like, what the "Fuck, you're talking about? What you, what, you, what, what is that? It yeah. was never, never a big hit at all in Florida. Right. Um, but anyway, so, so my my love for Lighter Shaded Brown goes back to when I was 13 years old, when I was finally able to meet them. Only like five years later in, in Tucson, back in Tucson, 18 years old, working right. at a radio station. Right. I, they, it really meant a lot to meet them, and I was a super fan. I remember I still have a picture of me and DWTX and ODM at Kennedy Park in 96, oh, and I, I later brought it to them when they came back to the Outback and I had them both sign it. Oh, I've, the Outback, dude. I forgot about that. I've always loved Lighter Shaded Brown. I will still say some of their songs are absolute masterpieces. The lyrics... Yeah, that's the, uh, timeless, Chicano. Timeless. Right there. and And the producers of those songs did such justice and respect to the samples the way they sampled both you know grooving and right. um and crystal blue persuasion and yeah. on a sunday afternoon freaking masterpiece yeah uh latin active yeah. tj knights i the, mean this is hey just, dj i mean that hey dj world, world class right? supreme uh, we, we're, we're, the supreme team yep. yeah supreme team. anyway phenomenal music odm is one of yeah. my favorite people he's been doing radio for a long time love seeing him um yeah he's a and he's he's just a good dude yeah that's cool so yeah um, is there any other type of like Chicano rap that you loved? More, oh, like, I loved uh, them all. I love some stuff like, you probably never well, heard Well, you of. said Kid Frost, and then we were just talking about LSOB. Um, LSOB, Kid Frost. Um, you know, there was a, a quick movement of, of R&B, like Barrio Boys. Dude, you, know, you heard Barrio of Barrio Boys? Boys? Yeah. There's well, a... they kind of got huge because of their uh, Selena song. Right. Yeah. 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 Wherever You Are, oh, so good. Yeah. Crazy Cooling was good. There's a group that um, called Latin Side of Soul. That had a song called Latino Mambo. Again, that wasn't even a big hit, but it was yeah. about 1990. Look it up. Latino Mambo by Latin Side of Soul. Bobby Ross Avila. Um, and then on the hip-hop front, I'm trying to remember. Oh, um, ALT and The Lost Civilization. Oh, yeah. ALT? Is, Oh, my God, one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, God, now I can't even remember Wasn't he a part
1: of Kid Frost's group? They kind of like had a, uh,
0: the I believe I the Lost Civilization. No, no. I believe Latin Alliance. Latin, Latin Alliance. Alliance. And there they go. did uh, Tequila and they did Lowrider. Right, right. Um, and Kid Frost is, a good, uh, I think, a good friend of mine. We've been get, getting to know each other recently. And Melomenes. Uh, Melomenes. Melomenes. Melo can't forget him. Dope. And I'm probably forgetting some other people, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that movement is, you know, groups like uh, Two Down with with the song heliba And, um, yeah, man, that movement was... Uh, what do you think of uh, Cypress Hill? Amazing. You know, it's funny. I'm a, I'm, it's an unpopular opinion. I'm not a huge fan. I love Funky Feel one, um, <laughs> but um, I've always been a softy man. So, like, yeah. uh, I'll be honest with you. Like, as a kid, I'm going to get booed. I'm going to get virtually booed by everybody listening to this podcast now. <laughs> but when, like, How I Can Just Kill A Man came out, like, that's the song my friend's like. Oh, like, yo, Cypress, so can I just kill a man? And I'm just like, yo, man, why, why are <laughs> you trying to kill people? Like, I've always been like, I don't know, man. I, and I know it's just music. Yeah. But, um... I, I, I'm, sometimes I'm, I'm I'm a little weird, man, about gangster rap. Sometimes just yeah. because I, I think sometimes it, it can be a little hypocritical, um, you know. Yeah. Well, it's totally cool, man, because a lot of the
1: I mean, gangster rap, even you know, the OGs, like the the uh, timeless artists, like the Tupac's and the Biggies, and. They, even them themselves they're like yeah I'm just telling the stories of uh, the dudes that I saw grew up I, and, and, and I'm just exactly and I'm like, yeah, yeah well that's cool you know you didn't actually live it but you' around it right. and you tell the good story you made a good song for other people to relate to right so I kind of see what what you're saying
0: but it's it's hard for me to get excited and like turn up how I can just kill a man but you know <laughs> funky feel one is yeah, dope yeah. Um, so yeah Cypress is, is cool but uh, the more fun sing-song you latter shade of brown I, yes. I just, dude, be is dope um, yeah and uh, it's so sad that we lost D Double was yeah. at one of their last shows a few years ago in San Diego. It was a small club show, and God, the music just—it just took me back. So oh, good. dude,
1: yeah, for sure. So good. It's funny because that's kind of like my first introduction to Chicano rap because my uh, cousin, a cousin of mine, she uh, would play would play it in her car. Because she was she was going to high school at Pueblo at the time, and she'd be like, "Come on, Miguel, um, let's go cruise around and you know bump some music" because she was you know under eighteen not 21 yet she was just kind of you know just being being a homie to me and we would go around cruising and I was just like blown away because you know growing up um, as a brown kid and hardly any like at, the, at that time uh, hardly any African Americans in my school on the south side it's nothing but you know Chicanos and right. Latinos so I love hip hop we love hip hop and you know we try to like relate as much as we can because you know there's a lot of similarities there but as soon as Lighter Shade Brown came along I was like who the fuck are these dudes? Right. Like, wow. Like, I need to listen to everything that they're doing right now. And it's just cool because there's not a lot of uh, Chicano hip hop that is kind of that big, you know, besides Kid Frost.
0: I, I really hope that they will do a docu- a really good documentary. And it's a shame that they couldn't have done it while Double TX was alive. Yeah. But I think, you know, yeah. what's amazing is um, there's a YouTube video of Latin Active. They were doing some dance show. You find it on YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's, it, doesn't it look like some cable access? You know what I'm talking about, know, right? I know what you're. Oh talking my god, about. they're uh, all wearing uh, Cleveland Brown stuff. They make my <laughs> my hair standing up now. Just thinking about it, and I love Teardrop, dude. What happened to Teardrop? Yeah, the the, the girl that raps on Latin acting. I don't even know. I she's, tried YouTube and her. I can't find. She's so her. dope now. Her now. I asked Odia, oh, and I heard she become a teacher and got religious and yeah. Oh wow. Um, another group, and then I want to tell you something else that you 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 reminded me of. But one more group too. We can't forget is Proper Dose. Oh dude. yeah. I loved Fear My Highness so much. I'm not a brown I am I, I was not a brown kid, nor am I a brown adult, <laughs> but I used the word highness.
1: But you know what? I'm sure, and a lot of people, are like, yeah,
0: Artem's Chicano. I'm like, I oh, don't know, man.
1: <laughs> His last name's Williams. Like, his mom might be, like... No. Uh, no I, his dad might be white. Zero. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Zero. zero.
0: How did you kind of deal with that growing up? But, well, I'll I, I tell you, it's funny. Like, I was even... I, I called him the Fear Me Highness, man. I like, <laughs> yo, let's cruise for some, for some highness. Yeah. And, uh, dude, I grew up cruising 6th Avenue. And my friend, my best friend at the time, who went to Mountain View, like, whiter than white dude, uh-huh. uh, blonde hair, Irish, Cody Hall was his name. And uh, we would go cruising every Saturday night in my Cutlass. And it's funny man i joke about this he's like come on let's not go to south 6th avenue let's stay on speedway i'm like no nah, dude let's go to south 6th avenue and oh shit i would get such a thrill cruising just a thrill cruising 6th avenue and i'll tell you something that you'll laugh at bro. we <laughs> used to put i couldn't afford hydraulics we used to load up my trunk with river rocks so we could slam the no, back of the. Shit. oh man we would my dad would be so pissed put those rocks back <laughs> that's what they did before hydros dude, dude, we they, would, they put we would, fucking weights in the trunk so. dude we would put rocks
1: in the trunk people <laughs> like hit the switches we're like oh they're broke but You're dude you like Cody get back in the backseat right? and jump around
0: we, we, <laughs> we would cruise would oh, shit man that's funny we would cruise the hell out of Tucson man we would cruise up and down and Speedway Speedway was hopping at the time too yeah. and I remember we were cruising 6th Avenue I remember pulling up to these chicks and almost hit the curb they're like go back to Speedway white boy and that's funny it never bothered me yeah. but um, you know you know what it was is it's funny man I I, I never ever 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 pretend to be anyone i'm not right but at the same time i could say i i appreciate yeah the culture and i appreciate all cultures man bro i'll, I'll go to yeah i go to north korea and, and mess with those dudes and, and like yeah. i love all cultures i think are so beautiful but I, you know what what it was is i grew up in la and i i went to a school it was very multicultural mm-hmm. and i don't know why but i always found myself well number one i loved i loved the latinos bro growing up ever since Aaron Rellis third grade right i was always and and uh and uh, uh who else uh this chick Irene and uh <laughs> and this chick uh, i can't remember her name now um but all the all the mexican girls in my in my school Selene Ranhal that's it Selene Maritza both of them man, stunners man, stunners in fifth grade you're throwing it back man and uh, yeah i always loved <laughs> i always loved the the latinas and i wish at the time i would have like like, tried to learn more about the culture. But no, I was always just, for some reason, I was always, always just thought they were bad, right? And sure. um, And I lived in the suburbs, and the Mexican kids didn't live where I lived. They were bussed in from Highland Park and from East L.A. Wow. But I enjoyed, I would literally, like, I don't even think you were supposed to do this, because, like, I would, bus driver would be like, yo, can you even do this? But I would get a note from my mom, and I would, like, ride the bus home with, like, my friends, Alex Bautista, my friend Alfred Um, That's cool, man. And and Noe, and I'd ride the bus and stay at their house, and I I just knew it was very different. I didn't know why or what, what was happening, but it was very different from my lifestyle as a kid in the suburbs, Mm -hmm. you know, my nice neighborhood. I just liked it, and um, yeah, ever since, you know, I... I don't know, man. I'm, and, and, Tucson, <laughs> and, and Tucson, I think, is the perfect place because Tucson was less segregated as L.A. L.A. at the time, I don't think it's that way now, but at the time, L.A. was very segregated. Segregated, yeah. Yeah, right. That's the brown neighborhood, that's the black neighborhood, that's the white neighborhood, and that's it. Yeah. And people didn't really intermingle. When I moved to Tucson at 15... I had a chance, you know, I worked at you know, Hot 98 FM and Power 1490. Right. And, and you know, I DJed quinceañeras and people would bring me plates and tell me how to eat properly and, and how to pronounce names. and, and So anyway, I, it's something I've always just loved. And, like, there's no place I'd rather be in Tucson than on 12th Avenue, to be honest yeah. with you, man, it, with this food. Yeah, man, we could go to... I don't even know where people go these days uh live cantata or whatever we can go to those places in Tucson and I'll enjoy them right uh the foothills but I'd rather go to 12th Avenue anytime that's, that's do man this is what I like yeah. but yeah man cruising I love to cruise man that and, was uh, so huge back then man uh, I wish I had my I still have my cutlass that I had back in the day oh, and, no and wait, now it, got now it. it's show quality it's drop top it's got switches real switches no oh, more ride you go but I I, oh, yeah. I wish I could take it back in time and cruise South Sixth Avenue because at the time does that stay with you in uh, San Diego, Diego yeah oh, at the time cool. I just had
1: some shitty rims, and do you just never take it out? It's just strictly show.
0: Yeah, so I'm afraid the wheels are gonna fly <laughs> off, man. I got knockoffs, none of my here stories, but um, but I remember, I'll never forget cruising into a, a Circle K. And, uh, and this girl in Tucson when I was seventeen, eighteen, and this girl oh, looking shit. at my car, looking down on it, shit's all faded because it was faded at the top. <laughs> I remember that that insult stuck with me forever. And I said, one day, yeah, one day, one day, Feed Me you're gonna see, you're gonna, you're gonna see my car, and it's beautiful now. It's in, uh, the, it's in the shop right that's now, what's up, man. getting redone. Yeah, so, yeah. Love cruising though, man. You brought yeah. me back. Oh hell yeah, dude. I I totally remember when people were still cruising on six. So I'm wondering too. Also, maybe a. A Tucson historian could tell us, but like you know, when did cruising end? I know, I know they started blocking off the streets to, to end it, and I think that yeah. I think that helped stop it because at the time, and they were whatever whatever the the uh, Tucson PD and South Tucson PD did worked because we'd go down right. to cruise, they had, they blocked off the entire street, just blocked off. You know what? No it, option.
1: That kind of thing doesn't really happen anymore, just because people don't do it anymore. But um, on Sunday, still at Rodeo Park, people. Park their rides too. It's like solo riders and uh, car clubs. They'll just come, hang out, and park it, chill, play the music, and
0: hang out. I need to come There's, for that too. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's not it's not as crazy as far as cruising anymore, and uh, people kind of don't even want to anymore, just because you know the whole uh, cop thing, and just like they we'd rather kind of just kick it over there, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's not as big as it as
0: it was. Cruising was fun. So I can't I can't really answer when it stopped, but it just really doesn't happen anymore. The, the best feeling ever is being a being a kid in high school. And especially for me, and having a, a, a car pull up next to you. And, you know, it was just like a Buick ride or a, a Cutlass or a Buick or a, sure. a, a Regal or El Camino. And just filled with girls and just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and then just driving away, even if you didn't get their number. Like, it's
1: funny because you see footage of that. Just like, you know, <sighs> you can look it up on YouTube, like 90s <sighs> or 90s so LA shit. And there's just like, you know, loads of cholitos and their cars. <sighs> and they're just like yelling. They're turning up the music. They're playing fucking techno or, you know, because techno oddly enough was fucking popping in the chicano yeah. community house music yeah, house absolutely. music yeah. yeah
0: and you know it wasn't just chicano rap it was house i feel it didn't hit tucson too much i felt oh, like hell no. el paso had a huge huge <laughs> la did of course yeah but el paso had an interesting house culture and still does but anyway yeah man cool. great times great times yeah for sure um touching on
1: music again i know you said you don't really fuck with like a lot of the gangster shit but what about did you do any of uh i don't know digging in as far as like bands like public enemy and
0: bands that are kind of like more more politically kind of in in the scene one of my first albums was was Fear of a Black Planet from Public Enemy yeah I love Public Enemy Uh, and and, you know yeah they're still doing shows they're still amazing Public Enemy's uh, I'm gonna actually do a show with Flavor Flav coming up Nice. In August in San Diego, so no, I like Public Enemy. That's uh, what's up. I liked him a lot. So yeah, yeah. And you know, I can also listen to hip hop, and not necessarily. It's funny. You ask before we did the podcast. You, you, very respectful of you. You said, "Is there anything you don't want to talk about?" You know what I didn't mention is politics. Yeah. I, you know, I don't talk about politics because it's so dividing. I feel well, really especially in yeah today's the, today's world. The only thing I'll say is, I think it's sad that people won't listen to each other on both sides Yeah. and um, it, it breaks my heart. Uh, I actually consider myself more of an independent than a, even a, a liberal right. or conservative, yeah. but man, I really believe that as I got older, I'm able to listen to more people's points, even yeah. if I don't agree with them, right. but you and I can sit down and have a meal and even if you tell me things that even go against my values, dude, I'll still listen to you, For but sure. when I see people on Facebook saying, oh, if you think this, I'm going to unfriend you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Really? Like, come on, man. Yeah, that if happens were, a lot within, like, even families, dude. Like, Thanksgivings, ever since yeah, that's like, kind sure. of the whole bullshit started, they're like, they don't even go to each other's houses anymore. Yeah. Like, and I get that, you know, you're going to do what you want to do because you don't really like this person because whatever they believe, it's kind of like going against your beliefs. And people, I don't know. It's just tough, man. Like,
0: <laughs> I'm literally going <gonna laughs> to film an Insta story while we're talking. So don't, don't, uh, no, don't, go, go ahead. Don't, 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 don't be distracted by what I'm doing. So I can no listen to, um I don't mind listening to, um. Uh, I don't mind listening to hip hop that um, differs with my political opinion. I don't, right, I don't care. Like, I, music is music, and I, I really, right. I, for the most part, unless you, uh, unless you're really spewing hate, um, right, I, I'll, I'll listen to everyone's opinion. I really yeah. cool,
1: so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I guess Public Enemy is doing a show with uh, Bernie Sanders next month,
0: which is crazy. Um, that did you see that? It's deceiving. Look at the logo. It says Public Enemy Radio. What does that mean? I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was Public Enemy. So did I. Kind of like a. S- Bernie Sanders It it could be But if you look closely It says Bernie And public enemy And then below the public enemy It says the logo says public enemy radio No way So I don't know If it's really them or not Mm. No we'll see Yeah We'll see Yeah that's interesting whether yeah. that you say that, because
1: as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, there it is. Public Enemy's going to endorse Bernie Sanders, and shit's going to pop off.
0: The uh, <laughs> sun, the sunset behind you is beautiful, by the way. Oh, man. you so, have the
1: best sunsets here. Man. If
0: I'm making googly eyes at you, it's because of the sunset. It's <laughs> not you, I assure you. No, I know, man. You're good. You haven't been here in a long time.
1: So. <laughs> That's fantastic. When's the last time you came again? December. Yeah. Oh, in December? Yeah. Oh. yeah. See my goddaughter. Oh, that wasn't that yeah Shit. Sorry. This is all Be- these are friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just for the people that are listening now. Um, We're at Raleigh's Mexican Patio, and it is kind of inside-outside, so we're kind of dealing with a B issue right now. Yep. So, sorry about that. No worries. Um, Yeah, man. Is there anything else that you kind of wanted to bring up about Tucson history or just, like, anything really that you're working on now? I know you got the uh, Slow Jams
0: signed up in new york right so yeah we did launch uh, we did launch slow jams uh in new york was pretty exciting by the way for those of you joining us on uh, instagram right now we're at roley's mexican patio with with miguel name of your podcast is cholo stereo cholo stereo Stereo
1: podcast sponsored by lower arizona on
0: instagram at lower arizona subscribe and we'll be at roley's for a few minutes in the desert diamond tonight and i look fat in the shirt um a horrible angle getting old um you know uh Tucson history, just that I'm, you know, honestly, man, just that uh, I'm in no means, uh, by any means, an expert in Tucson history at all. I'm happy to be a very small part of it. Uh, What an amazing city. I think people who live here, I'm not sure, well, I know all of them don't appreciate it the way you and I do. I think some do, but some don't. You know, I hear a lot from friends, I can't wait to get out of Tucson, Yeah, for whatever reason. It's funny because those are the people that they're, I mean, not
1: to say they're not in the scene, but... They don't really know where the good stuff happens. Like, you know, the events I'm telling you about. Sure. We got Tribe Vibes. I'm doing shows. The slow jam stuff. There is stuff like that. You just kind of have to search it and be more open to things like that. Absolutely. You know, and go to different places because, I don't know, I'm not even sure when this place opened, but my homie Herm that does the shows, uh, the Tribe vibe shows, he used to have a night at La Cocina called uh, Kitchen Sink. And um, it was a great dance party. And back when I used to DJ, he used to let me DJ probably once a month there and it was on saturdays and it was just like the most eclectic type of music we could play i played everything and everyone would dance to it that's dope yeah, yeah and it's still there la Cucina. okay yeah it's in the uh the arts district kind of like by the uh which museum is it behind i think just a, i'll check a, it out the tucson art museum okay yeah it's it's real dope
0: i'll check it out look I, yeah. I, there's just there's magic about tucson and yeah and, and i have and you know i've told you before with my music taste I have a I, I'm, one of my New Year's resolutions, or one of my personal goals, is to like stop living in the past. I just, I just, <laughs> I'm I'm so sentimental. So I really, what I've what I've tried to do is I still enjoy the past, but I I try to enjoy today. As much as I can, because today yeah. is going to be the past in 15 years, and we're going to be talking about yeah. how dope 2020 was. Doesn't you know? it seem crazy? Like we're talking about things that are 20, 25 years ago. It's 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 ridiculous. But time's just flying, man. Tucson's magic. I'm I'm so so grateful to be part of it. Let me just tell you, man. I've had so much fun in Tucson doing radio in Tucson. Things that I can never yeah. talk about on this podcast because they're not they're not even <laughs> R-rated. They're so we, I mean, working in radio. As a kid, you know, as a sophomore in high school, a junior in high school, right, being on the freaking radio, dude. Are you serious? That's that radio wild, was such dude. a big deal back then, you know. That is crazy. And it was just we just had fun You lucked man. out, man. You lucked so out. lucked out, man. You we really had fun. Um, now, speaking of luck, I, I did, and I'm not looking for any kudos here, but I did work hard. Like my, my dude, my friends were going to prom and going to parties and 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 getting lit. You know, yeah. I didn't. I I put all that aside. You were grinding to grind and, right. and, and and I don't say that for any kudos I, I, I say this because this is the advice I give kids that's who, exactly what I was going to ask you do you have any advice for people that kind of want to sure. go to radio well I, I think I think anything entertainment wise uh, you know the media and entertainment is changing so much but I think anything entertainment wise actually some of it has to do with luck I truly believe it's you know this is my equation it's 30% talent you have to have some talent right Yeah, you have to have some talent But it's not everything. 30% talent, 60% grind, and that means persistence and positivity and networking and hardworking and you've got to work harder than the other dude. And it's, I think it's 10% luck. There's absolutely luck. And man, there's absolutely luck involved. There was luck that I came to Tucson. You know, if my mom wouldn't have moved to Tucson with, with my stepdad, when they retired, they could have moved to anywhere else. They could have moved to somewhere where, you know, there wasn't an opportunity for me to, if they moved back to LA, it's really hard to break into radio in LA. I bet. So no, look, I think, I think 30% talent. There are so many, amazingly talented people that even do what I do, that do slow jams, but they don't, they don't put in the, they won't put in the work to, to, to do other things. Um, right. and then, but it was 60% grind. And then there's, yeah, there's to, totally, man, to, there's totally luck involved. But yeah. the thing is you can beat the odds with luck because if you don't get lucky today, right. if you're grinding 365 days a year, yeah. you'll eventually get luck. It's like, and I'm not, uh, I'm not telling you when they should gamble, but it's like expecting to get lucky going to the casino, you know, your first time well, your first time yeah. dude sooner or later you're going to spin that roulette r- wheel and you'll land on your number but if you only if you only spin it once and then walk away you got to spin that thing 30 50 times yeah again it's a little different analogy cuz you also you're also losing money each time you spin it so right but what i'm trying to say is you got to go out there and and get it and um And the one lesson that I learned super early that I thank my mom so much for is, and this is how I started in radio in Tucson. I came out to Tucson. I was 15 years old, didn't have a car. I was going going to summer school at Ampi, and I had a job pulling weeds for like five bucks an hour. And I was working in this freaking awful, I was 15 years old. I was working in this awful Arizona sun in the summer, digging up cactuses and, you know, it was, it was horrible work, but I had already realized my dream of being in the radio. I was already already going to the library, already checking out books, right. um, already uh, calling radio stations and, and being, being the pesky kid. So I, my, my dream was solidified. I just hadn't gotten in the business at all. Right. And I came home from work one day, again, 15 years old, and my mom is really excited. My mom has supported me my whole life in in so many different aspects, even to today. She's like, have a great show. But I come home and my mom has got the newspaper out and there's an ad in the in the one ads. Now, if kids are listening, the newspaper is what old people used to read back in the day. Yeah, the and classifieds. If, if you wanted the job, yeah. it, it, sorry about that, if you wanted the job, you'd look in the classifieds. She says, look, and she shows me this classified ad for a mobile DJ company hiring for a mobile DJ. And yeah. it says experience preferred but not required. So basically my mom was like, look, here's your chance to break in. They're looking for somebody. Give them a call. And I said, nope. I said, no way, man. They're they looking for people with experience. I'm only 15. Uh, I've never worked anywhere. Um, uh, they're going to laugh at me. I basically said, you're crazy. <laughs> and uh, she said, no, oh, you should really call. You should really." Nope, there's no way. Forget about it. And that was the end of discussion. I came home the next day from from work or school. I, it doesn't matter. But I came home. And my mom says, hey, I got good news. I go, what's that? She goes, well, <laughs> I called them and I set up an interview for you. And I said, what? Your mom calling for an – oh, my God. You just embarrassed the crap out of me. I was actually angry. I'm like, you did yeah, – yeah, yeah. The guy's name is Ron. He wants you to call him. Uh, so, yeah, so give him a call. He's expecting your call. I was so angry. I'm like, Jesus, now i got to call him. I was so angry freaking embarrassed. So I called this guy named Ron that owned this company and talked to him and he was very nice. And he set, basically set up an interview. I was still mad at my mom. My mom drove me over there. I met this guy, Ron, met him at his, his home business. He had a studio. He had a freaking disco lights, turntables, a booth, a microphone. He was the nicest guy. He showed me all of the equipment. We got to you know know each other. He asked me questions, etc. I don't remember much else. I remember going home just feeling like, God, I'm so embarrassed. And he yeah. called me five days later basically saying, Hey, I want to hire you and I want you to work work for me and be a DJ. And I couldn't believe it. I literally jumped in the pool with all my clothes on. I thought I had won the lottery, 15 years old, at fifteen, to say I'm a DJ. Right. And by the way, in twenty twenty, there's twelve year olds that are DJs. Everyone's a DJ today because they got a laptop. And that I'm is not true. I'm not taking anything away from them. My point is right. in nineteen ninety five no, ninety two. God, in nineteen ninety two. No man, you wanted to be DJ, yo, you you know what I'm saying? You had to have equipment or, or work for a company. So anyway, right. I got the job. That was my first job and my lesson learned was always and and I, I took to that lesson quickly was always take a chance. If there's right. nothing to lose, take a chance. And I right. follow that and I still follow that rule. I ask for some ridiculous opportunities and jobs and stupid things right. that uh, I will probably never ever get. But shoot, man, I ended up getting a job in LA. I mean there were some there were so many opportunities after that. So the lesson is, yo, go for it. I don't care how big of a right. job it is, man. Put on some nice clothes, get your shit together and and, and go for it. Yeah. And that was a lesson mom told me. Now I was the most horrible mobile DJ ever. <laughs> I was awful. I was I was awful. What's crazy is this this girl contacted me about a year ago. She's like, hey, you DJ my quinceañera? And she sent me pictures. I'm like, oh, my God. She sent me pictures of me and her, 15 years old, cross color shirt, skinny oh, kid, man, 140 oh, yeah. pounds. I'm like, oh, my God, you got to send me those pictures. And she did because that was a part of my life that just I don't really remember because it went by so quick. Right. And I tried to forget it because I was an awful DJ. I was scared to talk on the mic, man. Yeah. I was scared to talk on the mic. Yeah. It was just I didn't know the music. It's I, was playing. Yeah. I had to play Tejano music too for Quintane and
1: and, and where where uh is coming up in to you and be like, hey, you have this song. You're like,
0: uh. No worse than that. Like, like, like Ron just had all these CDs and he would like put stars next to the good song. So I would just like randomly pick a song. I didn't know what I was doing, so I'd pick, right. a, I'd pick a song like a Little Joe song or whatever, or a Selena song, and right. the dance floor would get packed. And then I would play some other song and they boo, and they'd all sit down. I'm like, dude, I suck, and I, dude, I dreaded it, man. I, yeah, qu- quitting that job, I was. Just because I was horrible at it, man. But yeah. to this day, I'm a friend of Ron, who was the owner of the the company, and he's just he was amazing, man. And so, is
1: he still around
0: in Tucson? Yeah, he does. No uh, he does a lot of different things. He's done real his own limo companies. He's a real entrepreneur. Cool. He uh, he is in a band, I believe, called. I think i hope I'm not screwing it up. Maybe called Country Rains. I think. I think I'm screwing it up. But he's in the band that plays. Okay. And uh, yeah, go out and see him and support him. Yeah. Um. He's he's phenomenal. So Um, speaking on what you're saying, taking
1: a chance and everything, I just wanted to thank you for being a guest on the show because it was just like out of left field. I'm like, man, wouldn't it be so cool to interview R-Dub, dude? Like he has history here. The dude started Slow Jams in my city, like because I'm born and raised here. So it kind of meant a lot for like someone to like feel that, you know, love for the music and still do events and still do shows, which are doing tomorrow, you know, the Slow Jams at the uh, Tucson uh, Centennial Hall. So I just wanted to
0: thank you and thanks for responding and thanks for being so cool, man. I appreciate my, it man my pleasure thank you and appreciate for what you're doing man i follow you so you yeah. know we've we, we're we're friends man and we'll be friends and uh keep the music keep the love keep spreading the for message man. live keep supporting everyone that i'll uh, try to do as long as i can absolutely I'll, <laughs> I'll continue to support you and i'll be back for tribe vibes and all that other fun oh, stuff. oh yeah that will be cool man and maybe bring the car maybe we'll take a tour to the park oh dude so you know how crazy that would be we'll do it It'd be fun
1: <laughs> that'd be dope hey, man bring the highness yeah all the feet of my highness i come just, dra- just dropped the mic bring the highness. come out for the homie
0: <laughs> bring the highness
1: i'm dropping the mic <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Episode seven, Trollo uh, Stereo. I want to again thank the homie R. Dub for coming through. Thank you, Mateo, for letting me uh, do the podcast here at Rowley's My Patio. Shout out all the Southside homies. Shout out Tucson, Arizona. Peace out, y'all. Fuck that.